You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Please excuse my tiredness. It's just none of your business. But uh, we have six calls to get through, and when those six calls are done, we're done. So I don't know how long this is going to take. It's going to take what it's going to take, and that's going to be that. But uh, let's actually we have seven calls. Let's get started with Kyle from Madison. Ryan, Kyle from Madison again. What's up? What's up? Yes, I called you know a couple hours ago, and I was just they actually listened to Clayton and them uh, do their total access podcast while I was working. Somebody had a super chat there, and they said if the Packers go two and two these next couple games, they're going to playoffs. And I'm like, right? (laughs) Exactly what I was just saying on this show. So at least I'm not the only one there if it's a hot take. Uh, that's a big if, though. We'll see. The other thing I wanted to say, though, is, man, you know, I have gone back and watched that touchdown throw to Musgrave about a thousand times. Uh, that play is so disgusting. <laughs> I mean, that play is the epitome of, like, what I have fantasized about. Right this offense could be in a nutshell, you know, the double fake because you're playing off of all of the previous plays, right? The execution by the quarterback, by the line, by everyone. I mean, you can just pause it and you can see everybody's doing their job and then Musgrave doesn't fall. Like, wow. (laughs) By the way, I was completely out of the loop on Musgrave falling all the time. I knew A.J. Dillon did, and everybody was mad about it. But apparently there's a thing where Musgrave falls. I haven't really noticed him falling, but I guess he's been falling a lot. I have, I, that That's news to me. After he got that touchdown, everyone's like, he didn't fall. Like, does he fall? I have no idea. The turf monster doesn't eat him for once, and look what he does. Like, that guy makes fast look real. I don't want to say it. He makes fast look slow, if that, sounds, if that makes sense. Like, like, he's running, and he's doesn't look 
like he should be going fast. And then you look at him in comparison to the other players, and he's just schooling them. You're like, oh, this is a fast human being. Yeah. Um, but, but yes. Yeah, big guys do that. They got the long legs or long striders. That's why, like, the little tiny guys look super fast, and the big guys don't look as fast. Um, but yeah, that's you see him run next to somebody. He's like, oh, they are sailing right past that guy. Okay, his legs are barely moving, but fair enough. That, that throw, it's just filthy. It's, it's just a filthy, disgusting throw. I loved every freaking second of it. And like when we were talking this summer about, you know, on the on the backs of that play caller series, and we're talking about motion and and sequencing of plays. Like, we hadn't really seen it for the last, like, three, four weeks. And here it is. Like, that was it. That's exactly what I was dreaming about this summer. Um, so that was great. The other thing, and I, I, I don't know. I didn't rewatch the game. But um, well, I think it was love hitting, was it Reed on a slant? I'm, I could be wrong there. But there was definitely a couple of slants. And I just kind of remember going, oh, yeah, I remember slants. Like, maybe we've been running them the whole time, and I just missed it. But I remember them running these double slants earlier in the year where um, Love kind of had his pick of different windows. And then they just kind of went away. It, at least I think they did, I, but I don't know that for sure. But then today it just felt different. So anyway... Can't really add a lot of insight into that. I haven't noticed that um, at all. I mean, I could look it up, but again, I can't really address whether or not we've been running it less because I don't know. I can just tell you whether or not we've been seeing less completions or whatnot, you know, or or at least attempts. Actually, that might not be true. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know, man. Slants are cool and whatnot. I mean, it, it, it could be a lot of things. It could be the way the defense is playing. Maybe we did it a lot early in the season, so defense has changed to take that away. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows, man? Hey, Ryan. Trucker Bob here. Hey. I just want to congratulate Matt LaFleur for being the second fastest coach in Green Bay history to get the 50 wins. Congratulations. Oh, guess what? You're fired. Yay. Dumb. (laughs) Trucker Bob out. Yeah. Well, again, there's a lot of context that goes behind a lot of things right like if a quarterback has this should they automatically be let go well i don't know you need more information than that was mike mccarthy a good coach if he was why did he get fired maybe because things changed the nfl changed the team changed mike mccarthy changed the situation changed and called for a change in the coaching staff one of the things i mentioned about matt lafleur is that maybe he was the right coach at that time to help usher in this sort of all-in mentality with Aaron Rodgers. And now it is not an Aaron Rodgers-led team anymore. It is a brand new young team that needs leadership and discipline. And maybe Matt LaFleur is not the guy to bring that. Because what, what the team needs in 2023 and 2024 and 2025 is not the same thing as what it needed in 2019. So again, to make everything so black and white as to say he did this one thing well, therefore it's stupid to say that he should be fired. Listen, Matt LaFleur will always be the second fastest to get to 50 wins. Does that mean he should never be fired? Does that mean he should be forever the coach until he dies? Is it possible 
that somebody can be good at something and then maybe not be the right person for the job anymore. Ted Thompson was a great GM. Toward the end, though, he was not a very good GM. It was not going well at all. Dom Capers was a very good defensive coordinator until he wasn't. Mike McCarthy was very good until he wasn't. So I'm not, it's the same argument we had with with Aaron Rodgers when it was like, how insane to say that a Super Bowl champion Hall of Famer should be moved on from. I'm not asking you for his accolades in the past. I'm asking, is he right for our future? And I'm not saying the answer is no, but I am saying it's irresponsible to not ask the question because we're in a situation now in which we have to acknowledge that things are bad and we have to acknowledge why. And to simply say because we're young is a lame cop-out. To pretend that with time everything has to get better is just not true. Things don't have to be this bad because they're young. That has nothing to do with terrible passes. That has nothing to do with dropped passes. That has nothing to do with so many uh, penalties. There's no law that says young people have to commit penalties or young teams, veterans on young teams have to commit penalties or drops or fumbles. There is a lack of discipline that spans across the entire team, including the older players. There is a lack of ability of, of preparation, of getting the best out of their players. That's offense, defense, and special teams. There has been a lack of leadership on this team since even when Aaron Rodgers was here. It was overlooked because things were going well. But this is a team that you never really trusted going into you know, the big games in the playoffs or coming out of bye weeks. They, they never have been a team that has been known to be disciplined or necessarily super motivated. They were just talented. I mean, you can't think I didn't know that he won 13 games a bunch of times. But again, I'm not asking about what happened in the past. I'm asking about what's happening now and what needs to happen in the future to get the best possible result. And again, I don't know. I'm not even necessarily on the fire Matt LaFleur train. I just think it's silly to not entertain the idea because he did a good thing in the past. We have to be willing to accept that maybe Matt LaFleur is not the right person for the job moving forward. We have to acknowledge that maybe... Jordan Love is not the right quarterback moving forward. By the way, for those of you that are confused about why I keep hammering the Jordan Love thing, including Trucker Bob, um, I did tomorrow's podcast first, then Packernet After Dark, and Trucker Bob went at me for Jordan Love and being critical of Jordan Love. So overall, Trucker Bob, I don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging a very negative situation and saying that it's entirely possible that this doesn't just become better. It's possible that good things can become bad and that things may need to change, that might need to be the quarterback, that might need to be the head coach. And maybe we can hang on to him, but the Packers, and and myself included, especially as a fan, have a tendency to hang on to people way too long, right? I was the one saying, there's nothing wrong with Joe Barry just because of his record. You know, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter. Then after one year, it's just been a year. You got to hang on. Then after two years, and after three years, and now well, what? We got to hang on again? Mike McCarthy, I thought it was ridiculous to move on. After 2017, I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. Then 2018 happened, and I was like, this guy's got to go. And at the end of the day, it really just comes down to what is the answer to the question? We have to be able to assess, okay, there are problems. What is causing the problems, and how do we fix it? If we go through a full assessment, and I'm not saying this is the assessment. I'm just saying for, for argument's sake, we go through a full assessment, and we realize that at the core of the issues, this team needs better leadership. We can find play callers. What we need is culture. We genuinely come to the assessment that the way to quickest upgrade this team is through new coaching. And if we don't have new coaching, this team will not improve. Would anybody in that meeting care if I told you what Matt LaFleur did in the past? No, because it doesn't matter. Anyways, let's take our first break. We got uh, one, two, three, four, five more calls, starting with Kyle from Madison on the other side of the break. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. 
The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Brian, Kyle from Madison, how you doing? What's up? It's Wednesday morning. I'm just listening to your PFF review show. Yeah, it's interesting now what you're saying about um, Aaron Jones. Um, I know he didn't have the best grade. I mean, obviously, some of that's going to be uh, some mistakes he made. But I do think where something where it gets a little lost in the grade is his effect on the offense, though, I think is, is undeniable. I mean... He's kind of the only, well, he's the only running back really that we have that defenses have to respect um, as a threat. And I think kind of that whole game kind of, re- I mean, all of the stuff they got working in the passing game and the play-action game probably isn't working if you're not at least showing a willingness to run Aaron Jones, and I think what did he get twenty touches or something? Um, and we talked about it this summer when the whole running back debate thing, what was going on, and the value of running back. Um, but it's not as much the production; it's your willingness to run. And so I, I just think when you're running it with Jones, like the defense, they've got to, they have to pay attention to that because of. Well, I mean, the the negative side of that, or the the counterpoint to that, is it it's irrelevant who the running back is, or even how good the running back does. That's kind of the whole point of that side of the debate. It's it's not how well you run; it's that you run. That's kind of the point. The other counterpoint, I guess, would be, I know I don't know what it is now, but I know in the past 
Aaron Jones faced significantly less eight-man boxes than A.J. Dillon ever did. So I can't give you the thought process behind that from a defensive coordinator standpoint, other than maybe Aaron Jones is used a lot more in the passing game. So you got to kind of, you know, you can't just sell out like you can with A.J. Dillon. But I distinctly remember that being a reality. So, you know, again, the idea that it's harder for Jones because, you know, defenses play harder against him or, or they load the box against him or whatever, it's not necessarily the case. His resume... And it, it just opens up so much more in that play action game for the offense. And I mean, earlier in the year when it just, when there was, when they were, when they just said forget it to the running game, I mean, and then they'd try and do play action. It was a joke because literally the D, defensive linemen are just being told, I don't care about the run, get to the quarterback, you know? And I thought he showed a great moment of leadership too on the sidelines after the Wicks fumble. When Jones went over to him and he lifted up his head and he said, young man, fumble on the next possession so you feel better. I mean, that's true. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Oh, no, but it really was. That's such a a great clip. If you haven't seen it, you got to see it. Um, Next possession. Being Packers history in the future, when they're showing that clip, we'll all just kind of forget that he went fumbled the ball in their possession because that is a really like um, goosebump kind of moment from Jones for Wick. But uh, I think like we shouldn't get too bogged down in his grade. What he did overall, I think for the offense was was very impactful. So I just wanted to add that, bud. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I mean, I I do think it's relevant. I know Aaron Jones is it's a touchy thing to to mention he's not doing well because, well, f- for two reasons. Number one, he's the most likable guy in the world and everybody appreciates him. Um, and the second being there, there is a general belief that the only thing good with the offense is Aaron Jones. So the more he plays, the better things get and the less he plays, the worse things get. And so it's go simultaneously going at Jones and then going at everybody's favorite argument, um, you know, about the offense and he is likable and he has fun to watch run. And I will, even as I was watching that game, I thought, man, he's such a good runner. And then you look at the grades and they're not great and they haven't been all year, but it's not just the grades. He only ran for 3.1 yards per attempt in that game. And he had a fumble, which is his second fumble in back-to-back games. He's also had multiple drops. He's had three drops this year as a receiver. He's only been targeted 20 times. He dropped three passes. So I still like Aaron Jones. I still think he's a talented guy and he has some abilities that other guys don't have, especially with his vision and whatnot. But I think the play is down. I think the grades are reflecting that. And we can maybe pin some of that on the offensive line because they're playing less good. But A.J. Dillon is actually graded higher than he is. I think that might be the first time that's ever happened. So we'll see. I mean, you know, he hasn't played a ton. There's been a lot of injuries. You know, he played week one and then he was out and then he played week four and then he was out and then he didn't come back until week seven. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of factors at play in the offensive line, you know, the, the run blocking especially has certainly been down, but I don't want to dismiss it because I think you can see it. I think you can see it in the stats and not just yards per attempt, which you can pin largely or partially on the offensive line. But like I said, some of the other stuff hasn't played very much, but he's got two fumbles and three drops. So I still like him. Great dude. Important piece of the offense as far as, you know, I don't know. Because he's Aaron Jones, that's why he's an important piece of the offense. But I also I also feel like that's sort of a missing component on the other side of things 
to the whole narrative of Aaron Jones being a, a massive piece is, yes, we won with him carrying 21 times, but we only got 65 yards out of that. That's not a lot. I mean, that's, that's nothing. It's not, it's not even close to cracking 100 yards. So we didn't get a lot of production from Aaron Jones at all. We got 65 yards on the ground with one touchdown and one fumble and four receptions for 26 yards. Even combined, we're talking 91 yards. And again, it's, it's another one of those things you can look at too and say, if this was any other circumstance, that's not going to cut it. You know, because it's the Rams, you can cash it in in the first half. You can run for 65 yards. You can have a bunch of penalties and drops, make all kinds of mistakes, and still come out on top and feel victorious and do a victory lap. Most of the time, that ain't going to cut it. And that's where everybody's got to really step it up, and I think the run game is a big part of that as well. We can't have 21 carries for 65 yards. For Aaron Jones, he should be clearing 100 yards if he's getting it 20 times. So it really is just another area where the team is not, it's not producing what it needs to. And I don't know if that's, hey, he's almost 29 years old now, battled through a ton of injuries, maybe it just is what it is, or if it's the offensive line, or if he's just battling through some stuff. But that is the situation we're in right now as best as I can see it. Hey, Ryan, what up? Um, Got a couple thoughts for you. All right. Last questions. First one is you're um, listening to the podcast today and you're talking about how um, how low the pressure rate is on Jordan Love compared yeah. to the average league-wide. And um, I'm curious, is that a scheme thing? Is that Jordan Love getting the ball out before pressure gets there, which I don't think is the case because it seems like he's been holding onto the ball for a while. Um or is our offensive line way better than we're, I say we're, but, you know, people in general are giving it credit for? Um, because it doesn't just happen by accident. Or people playing off or defenses playing intentionally not blitzing for some reason? And if so, I wonder why, because that was his biggest struggle early on. You think if you're a defensive coordinator, you'd be blitzing him more than normal. Um, so anyways, I'm just curious, what do you think that is? Um, yeah. Uh, second thing I have for you. Well, I mean, I can't give a, a for sure kind of an answer, um, but I can give you some hints about a few things. So as far as getting the ball out, Jordan Love is 17th as far as getting the ball out of his hand. Uh, the 17th quickest at 2.78 seconds. That's out of 37 quarterbacks, so he's right pretty much smack dab in the middle. His pressure rate, according to PFF, is the third lowest at 29.1%. Uh, Joe Burrow is 29%. Tua is 22%. And then as far as being blitzed, he is blitzed the 15th least. So again, pretty much right in the middle of things, 31% of the time. So it isn't that he's not being blitzed, and it isn't that he's getting the ball out of his hand quickly. If there are some other kind of schematic things that are happening, I don't really know. It's entirely possible. Maybe it's the tight ends. Maybe it's whatever. I don't I don't know. But that's the best I can get you. If I think of some other ways to kind of attack that issue, I will uh, I'll look at it. But I can say fairly conclusively, there's no lack of blitzing. And um, Jordan Love is not getting the ball out super fast. Yeah, it is. A lot of people prior to the last game were talking about how, you know, just 
shut Aaron Jones down, shut Clay down, you know, anyone that's a little bit hurt, shut him down since we're, you know, I think a lot of it was emotional reaction to the Rizul trade, but um, I wanted to say this before the last game, but I didn't have time to call in, but I think it's still relevant. I don't think we should shut anybody down unless they actually need to be shut down. And the reasoning for that is, we we need to see what Jordan Love is, and if you're not gonna, if you're gonna intentionally surround him with our second stringers, you know, throughout the roster when there's any justification for it, um, you're not gonna get a true look at how good Jordan Love is. And just to remind people, he's played what is it now? We're gonna be ten. We had a bye. He's played nine games where he's actually been prepared as a starter. Nine. Does anybody think nine games is enough to get a read on a quarterback? Um, sounds like some people do, but I certainly do not. And so I think anybody that is healthy enough to play needs to be playing because we are in, a, in, a, in an evaluation year, and we need to see what Jordan Love is. And um, he's the biggest evaluation, but we also need to see what our other young guys are because, I don't know, as an example, if you have one of our young guys playing on the D-line – but the rest of them you shut down and you have a bunch of second and third stringers playing, are you going to get a good read on how good that individual is if they're surrounded by crap talent? No, you're not. And so I'm going to get cut off, but that's my point. Talk to you later. No, I think that's a good point. I hadn't really uh, considered that. I know a lot of people have made that point to me and have maybe called in about it as well, but the idea that you know we need to be shutting people down so that we can see the young guys behind them and kind of see what they can do. And yeah, to your point, Seeing what they can do is what we're doing when we get them in there with the starters. But that means they have to be rotated in as opposed to being like the, the full-time starters. Now, in some cases, I guess they wouldn't be playing, whether we're, if we're talking about backup offensive linemen, backup quarterback, whatever. But if you're talking about, for example, Lucas Van Ness or Wooden and Brooks, we're not going to shut down Preston, for example, or let's say Rashawn to, to keep him healthy or whatever the case may be. It's just going to be, we're, we're, we want to see Lucas Van Ness out there with Rashawn Gary. We want to see him out there with Preston. We want to see Wooden with with uh, with Kenny and, and whatnot, just because that is the best way to really evaluate them. So yeah, fair enough. Point taken. Well, we got three more calls, so why don't we take our final break? We'll knock these out and we'll get up out of here. We'll be right back. Hey, Ryan. Peter Thomas from Milwaukee. What's up? Uh, done listening to the PFF grades here on Tuesday. Um, I had a thought about Rasul that uh, hasn't really been brought up yet, or maybe it has. Um, you know, whenever he had a play in which he was complaining that other guys weren't uh, in their correct spots, maybe that gave a false impression that he was correct and somebody was wrong. And if that's the case... If I was his teammate, I wouldn't be happy with him throwing me underneath the bus. Yeah, maybe the false impression was the fact that he was a, a great leader and everybody loved him. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what you're talking about, but again, we assumed a lot of things that weren't necessarily correct, and maybe that's one of them. Just because the media told us that he was standing at his locker kind of like you know, street preaching or whatever um, doesn't necessarily mean that the whole locker room was falling at their feet and worshiping him. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm just saying, who knows? If indeed, well, it was maybe his fault, that can cause a bad locker room. 
seemed to me as if there were a lot of plays this season in which he was complaining about getting smoked for a touchdown or for a pass. And I'm not sure if he was correct or if uh, whoever he was thrown underneath the bus by complaining was correct. But um, that's the case. I'm glad he's gone, and uh, I'm glad these guys are sticking together in the uh, defensive back room. Anyways, just my thought for the day. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to imply anything. I have no idea, but we've spent so much time assuming um, so many things that we don't know in terms of positively backing Rizul. It's entirely possible that, you know, maybe the report getting to Brian Gutekunst is that he was a little bit of a locker room cancer. We don't know. We have no idea. I'd already mentioned how, like, adversarial he was toward the media, and I thought it was kind of funny, but maybe he's doing that to the coaches. Maybe he's doing that to other players. You know, it's possible. You could be, you know, there, there are some guys who have really big personalities and they got a really big mouth and some people really, really like him and they respect that. And maybe a bunch of other people really, really think that that person's a D-bag and don't like them. I mean, you know these people. And I'd mentioned this about Aaron Rodgers. I, I, meant, I said this talking about the Aaron Rodgers situation, basically saying about everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. There's going to be people that like you and people that really don't like you. That was true of Rodgers. I'm sure it's true of Razul. I'm sure it's true of just about everybody. Maybe not Aaron Jones. I'm sure everybody loves Aaron Jones. But who knows? I don't know. But, but it does, I mean, it really does. I, and again, I don't remember exactly what it is uh, you're referring to. Just the fact that he said it in and of itself kind of backs up the point that yeah, maybe he wasn't exactly the, this great leader that we all thought he was because of that one day of reporting. But, I mean, again, the, the bigger point here is we're so quick to grab our pitchforks without any real information and with a bunch of just flawed information. And all we can do is, is do the best we can with the information we have. But considering we know that we don't know anything, we need to be much more self-aware of that. And to some degree, I am the same way. I need to be more aware of that. But we all need to be much more aware of the fact that we are entirely, wholly unaware of what the heck is going on. Because we get super fired up about stuff and we have no idea what we're talking about. He was a great leader in the locker room. How do you know that? I said that. How, do, how did I know that? I have no idea. No idea. He held court. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? Was he sentencing, sentencing people to life? Doing burpees or what? I, I don't know what that means. Ryan, real quick, this is Nico. All right, uh, be okay. quick. I don't know. So real quick, uh, Be quick, is there an ebb? Is there an ebb in the tide? Because two things, and these are 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 almost solid proof. Maybe things have changed in Green Bay as far as the third round draft. Uh, if my car tells me to put my seatbelt on, it won't beep for an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So during the broadcast, Sean Ryan got mentioned. Uh, by the announcer people and he's a third round pick so I'm thinking huh I wonder if that breaks the curse you know could be then maybe you yourself mentioned how Tucker Kraft another third round pick like leads the league in blocking for tight end or something like that yeah. so I'm thinking is that enough to like make the football <laughs> gods be like okay Green Bay we're done <clears throat> so I think that's 100% proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that that third round pick we got for Mr. Rasua next year will be lights out Hall of Famer because I clearly that's where my brain goes. So because those two small, tiny thingies that happen with good for our third round picks, recent third round picks, I think every third round pick from now on will be a freaking Hall of Famer. So tell me I'm right or tell me why I'm wrong, but I got to go by I'm trying to think. I swear I've seen movies like this, but I can't think of one specifically. But maybe Tucker Craft did break the curse, but not in the way that we thought. <laughs> I tried to turn to the robot for help. I was like, robot, are there examples of like movies where people have like superpowers or something and then they do something to like save the world or save a person or defeat evil or something? And then they lose their powers forever, so they, like, sacrifice their ability to be all-powerful. Because I feel like that's a thing, and I've seen that, and I can't think where I've seen that. And they're like, yeah, dude, in the Green Mile. I'm like, really? Like, yeah, John Coffey can, like, heal people. And he chooses not to use his powers to save himself from execution, and so he loses his powers when he dies. I'm like, okay, shut up, stupid. You're an idiot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so stupid. I feel like you're mocking me, robot, okay? It's a movie. Just because you don't know it doesn't mean you need to be obnoxious with me, okay? And The Little Mermaid, I mean, it kind of works, but you're just being kind of a... You're, you're... Okay. Little Mermaid. No, dude. Something cool, all right? But maybe Tucker Craft didn't save us by breaking the curse and therefore making himself powerful. Maybe he used his powers, of which they are great. To shatter the curse. And it took all of his power. And so he has no powers left to use. And so no, Tucker Craft maybe will not become the greatest ever. But through Tucker Craft, I feel like I'm, I'm, this is becoming a little bit religious. And I don't intend it to be. <laughs> I don't want this to be blasphemous. I'm trying. Uh, that's not. That's okay. As a result, Tucker Craft will, you know, whew, every word. Bottom line is, you're right. The next, we're going to keep both of those third-round picks. We're going to draft two guys, and they're going to be Hall of Famers. Boom, nailed it. Frickin' Green Mile. Good Lord. Good movie, though. <laughs> like, yeah, Hitler had the power of persuasion, and he lost it when he shot himself. <laughs> okay. Thanks, robot. Final call. Hey, Ryan, this is Aaron. I uh, got off work, and I saw I got a missed call from Packard and voicemail. I feel like that's a butt dial, but I don't know. <laughs> It was. Um, I was trying to call somebody from my computer. Don't remember who. It's just easier to do that sometimes because I got the microphone and it's just it's less weird than using my phone. So I was like, OK, I'll just copy and paste the number. And I just pushed the green call button and it, your name was highlighted. And then I called you and I was like, whoops, 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 whoops. And you cancel it. But apparently you still saw it. And I apologize. Oh, ah. Uh your voicemail can be a butt dial on me, but that's cool. Yeah. Um, anyways, so um, I'm just going to give a quick forewarning of do not ever make plans with friends that you have from out of town six months in advance, right? Oh. Because I have a friend who back in college um, when we were all roommates, she got all the roommates together and we watched 
bachelor because like for some reason that was the tradition before I went there and then whatever. So I was like, you know, what, it's I'll watch the bachelor. And that- I appreciate that you're making an excuse for that. Cause I would have questioned you on that, but I'll just let that slide and we'll just, we'll go with your reasoning. Now, six months ago, she was finally going to be in town again. So she was like, Hey, it's out of tradition. Let's watch the golden bachelor because that's going to be a thing. I will be honest though contemplated watching The Golden Bachelor. Because as dumb as The Bachelor is, I feel like old people would be less stupid, maybe. And I mean, I do watch Married at First Sight, so I guess I can't talk. But that's just funny to make fun of stupid people. But The Bachelor is, is so vapid, you know? Like, it's, 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 never mind. It doesn't matter. The point is, I feel like The Golden Bachelor, maybe with old people, would be a little bit more mature with all the same level of like drama, you know? I don't know. Shut up. That and it's some old dude being the bachelor. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, cool, whatever. I didn't really think anything of it. I'm just like, it's stupid, but whatever. And it turns out that the only time that we can get together is Sunday morning slash early afternoon. Well, that's an easy no. It's just you don't know. That's the time that the Green Bay Packers play. And in addition to that, I live in Minneapolis. So, I, well, St. Paul, but I can't watch. If, if we don't know the difference, dude, you can say whatever. The, the game on my phone because I don't pay for Sunday tickets. So, I'm stuck watching the Golden Bachelor when the Packers <laughs> are playing because of my. See, I wasn't going to question you when you were like, it's not like, look, they did it and it was a bunch of like chicks and they're super smoking hot and they're like, please be our roommate. We're begging you. And I'm like, all right, dope. Because I was like super, I was like that, you know, and uh, I had it like that. And so I show up and they're like, you don't even have to pay rent because we just think you're so cute. And I was like, all right, dude, dope. And then I show up and they're like, hey, we watched The Bachelor. Do you mind? And I'm like, stupid, but okay. So anyways, you know, I mean, if that's like your story, fine. But now you're going to bail on the Packers to watch The Golden Bachelor, bro. I'm just saying. I I was going to let it slide, but now I don't know. I feel like I feel like for the sake of everybody listening and all the callers and everybody, we, we need some further answers on this because that's a very simple, oh, I can't, the Packers are on, you know? Or I'm I'm busy, make something up. I don't know. I mean, I, I get that they're probably not Packer fans, so they wouldn't understand and think it's stupid, but that's their problem. They're stupid Vikings fans or whatever the case is. Um yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, it's it's uh, it's your life. It's your friend group. Maybe it's a super important thing. But uh, maybe just hit me up when you guys want to get some wings, not on a Sunday. Otherwise, don't call me, would be my thought on that. Stupidity of agreeing to meet up with a friend and hang out during the game that I didn't know was the game time. So, forewarning, don't ever do that or else you might end up watching mm-hmm. a stupid show like the Golden Bat. I'm, I'm very fortunate. I don't have friends. And, like, the one that I have very rarely wants to actually ever do stuff. So, that's not a problem for me. Um, I do have that problem, however, with having a wife. So, you got to be real careful if you are not yet married or newly married. Be very careful giving in to, hey, in six months, can we do this? Because it's going to be really, like, dude, that's an easy one. Yes, because I don't have to give a crap about six months for me now. That guy can suck it. I hate that guy. He's an idiot. And then six months from you guys shows up, 
and um, you're going to hate yourself very much for the, whatever it is you agreed to before. During the Packers game. Um, anyways, but I just also want to say good luck to the Packers. Uh, I have some really good friends who are Steelers fans, and uh, but I'm a Packers fan, so that trumps all. Um, so we need the we need the Packers to win. Um, Doesn't trump the Bachelor, apparently. <laughs> Boom, roasted. Geyer's got. It's about time that he's got to back up all the talk that he's talked all year when he said that he we were going to win out. So time for that. Um, anyways. Uh, I sorry, I'm driving right now, and my phone's way over there, so I can't really hang up. So I just gotta let the three minutes get awkward. me. Um, anyways, um, have you ever seen Hot Rod? I think that's a pretty good movie. Uh, I don't know if you'd like it or not, but I I find I it hilarious. So. Um, it's and uh, yeah, um, trying to well, Michael Scott improv this thing all the way to three minutes. Um. Shoot, I should Told probably have my phone closer to me. Um, anyways, I believe three minutes could be up any second now. So, bye. Oh, there we go. All right. Well done. So, I was thinking of something from, like, the 70s or something. I don't know what that is. But, no, I have not seen Hot Rod from 2007. But uh, go ahead and add it to the list. It looks pretty ridiculous. And... Um... <laughs> That does actually look pretty funny. What the heck is happening? All right, I'll watch Hot Rod. I appreciate the call, Aaron. Uh, I wish you the best. I think you still have, well, maybe you don't at this point have time, especially since it's going to be 10 o'clock on a, I mean, there there is time. Listen, 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 listen. Something can't, at, at this point, you can't like back out. Now, now it's just totally rude because I'm sure they're 100% expecting you. It is, however, not too late to flat-out lie. Now, lying is a bad thing. It's not a good thing to do. And it should only happen to help, you know, people in need. And and the people in need are the Green Bay Packers. They need your support, okay? So, you know, something happened. I'm, I'm, you, you're, you've, you, you got the poops, man, you know? Like, I can't stop. I don't even think I'm going to make it to your house. I, it's like every every 30 seconds, dude. I mean, I, I can't even trust a bubble in my stomach, man. It's really ugly, and you would not want me there. Your guests are going to be real upset about what I do to the furniture. I can't make it. And then you make some kind of a guttural noise and say, gotta go. <laughs> gotta go. Right? And that's it. You're home free. Then you hang up. Then you dial a local pizza place. You say, I need a pizza at my house at 12 o'clock p.m. today. I want my doorbell to ring at noon because the game's going to be at probably like, you know, the kickoff is 12.08 or something stupid. But at 12, you're going to get the da-da-da-da-da-da, right? So you get the pizza. You're just bringing it in the house. You got the cold air brushing in with the leaves as the door opens up. You got the gust of cool football air. You got Joe Buck in the background. You don't have diarrhea. Like, it's the best day ever. I mean, you might have it, but it's still going to be a good day. And if you don't want to lie, then just give yourself... <laughs> I'm just getting way too graphic. Give yourself some medicine, and then it's true. You don't have to tell her why you have it. Just say, you, you know, then you're not even lying. These are the measures we need to consider before we abandon the Packers for The Bachelor. I think what I have offered to you as a solution is a more humane thing to do 
than what it is you're planning to do later on today. And I hope that you will consider the things that I have offered to you and act on them accordingly. Thank you for your call. I couldn't have thought of a better way to end the show. (laughs) Taking a handful of laxatives. There's your recipe of the day. Anyways, you guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 